We could use your help keeping the Omaha History Podcast going. Please consider becoming a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Go to patreon.com slash Omaha. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It'll help pay the light bill. Welcome to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Each week, Adam takes you on a guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past. James Monroe Parker is one of the most important people in the history of Florence. His business and his farm are two of the most visible historical landmarks in Omaha today, even though only one is acknowledged for its importance. So what about James Monroe Parker, Adam? So the Civil War happens and the East Coast gets kind of full. James Monroe Parker's parents move from Vermont to Pennsylvania in the early 1820s and their kid, their son Jim, was born in 1824. His father was a, a textile maker and shepherd until the family moved to the western part of Pennsylvania, which was then thought of as the western United States. And uh, young Jim was going to school. Graduating in the eighth grade, he was 18 when the family moved again. But this time, the family went all the way over to the wilds of eastern Iowa along the Mississippi River. They were involved in that transportation kind of technology of that point. And when the family got there, Jim moved over and and, uh, eventually started working for one of those stores there on the Mississippi River. It was called Davenport and Watts, and he was a clerk there. Well, after a couple of years, he went over to Rock Island in Illinois, and he had his own store there. But eventually, he took a job as a cashier with a banking firm in Davenport, Iowa. After he married this woman there in Davenport named Julia, Jim Parker, and his wife had a baby whose name is Frederick, William Frederick Parker, but he's called Fred his, by his middle name. They opened a branch of the bank together in Rock Island. And Parker moved there and became a partner in that branch. When that branch was sold early, Parker got money, and then he made his biggest leap yet. He moved all the way from Iowa to a little brand-new town in eastern Nebraska that was called Florence. Florence was built on the bones of Winter Quarters, a Mormon settlement from 1846. And when it was opened in 1854 for settlement, the Nebraska Territory was flooded in with folks who wanted to get in on it. A guy named Jim Mitchell had bought up the Winter Quarters and renamed it for his niece. And when Parker showed up, uh, he showed up there guaranteeing to set up a bank and get things going. So Jim Parker built a bank, and it was called the Bank of Florence. In 1856, the Nebraska Territory Legislature approved that bank, and uh, it got rolling with uh, John Cook and George Sargent owning it and Parker as a partner. The bank was authorized for up to $500,000, which back then was a big deal, and they were allowed to print their own banknotes. These banknotes, you know, there were some from the Bank of Nebraska and Omaha and this, some from Bank of Florence, some from the Bank of Saratoga. These banks were called wildcat banks because they were quick investment banks with the idea that if anything happened, they would run like wildcats. 
Well, the Bank of Florence was a little bit different. Even though there was a gigantic flood on the banks, a run on the banks that happened in 1857, the Bank of Florence floundered. But Jim himself did not take off. Instead, Parker stayed in Florence and used his money, uh, including the Bank of Florence's $1 and $2 and $3 and $5 notes, which were the biggest bills that were available. Interesting side note, the Bank of Florence issued the only $3 bill in United States history, apparently. But when that economic panic happened and the bank closed, Parker himself stayed on, and he took the money that he had saved, and he bought a bunch of land. He started buying up land all around the Florence area. You know, he took trips here and there. He went to D.C. to lobby for the Florence Bridge Company and to bring the railroad into Florence, but that didn't really work, and he came back, and he kept going in town. High water floods struck Florence, and and, uh, there was no chance that it was going to become a a railroad town anytime soon. Omaha ended up taking over it. The the Bank of Florence was all gone, and Parker himself was sitting on top of a bunch of land. So when the Bank of Florence finally closed in 1860, and Parker stayed on, he started selling his land. He bought land from the town founder, from Jim Mitchell, but he went on to start selling. And basically what he did was sold the southern part of the town of Florence to the owners who built houses and different things. He also held on to a really big slot of land for himself. This this section had 160 acres, and Parker grew corn and all kinds of different things on it. Well, all the way into the 1880s, that land stood still and, and really just gained value and did all kinds of wonderful things for the owner, for the Parker family themselves. Jim Parker himself, he died in 1902, but his son, who I mentioned earlier, Fred Parker, took over the estate. Fred Parker, he was a different kind of guy. Maybe he needs his own podcast at some point, but basically he ended up taking his dad's cabin and he built a mansion on top of it in the Moorish style. It was all kind of flat walls and it looked like something out of Moorish Spain. But he made it into an art gallery, an art studio, and uh, brought artisans from Omaha and all over the Midwest into and welcomed into his home. He put them up and Man, they must have smoked a lot of opium and made a lot of art because there are rumors of that place being just filled with this kind of uh, bohemian spirit from the Moulin Rouge and that kind of era in the 1890s and early 1900s. Anyway, the son, uh, Jim Parker's son, Fred, eventually sold off a lot of his dad's farm uh, after his dad died in 1902. George Miller, Dr. George Miller, bought a part of it and that part of the Parker farm became Miller Park. Another part of the family farm became what we call Minnelosa Historic District today. Fred Parker himself used all of that money in order to fund his lavish lifestyle of opium and mansions and traveling around the world and looking at art and making art and uh, all kinds of stuff there. The family mansion was up Vane Street from North 30th Street, and it stood from, uh, well, uh, Jim Parker himself had built the early cabin there in 1860. But by the time that it was a mansion in the early 1900s, it stayed all the way through 1956 before it was bulldozed. The Parker farm was mostly dismantled by 1902 uh, when Fred Parker had sold it off, and uh, there was no real sign of it anymore today. Jim Parker himself, the legacy that he left behind, I mean, he was part of the Bank of Florence. He was part of the Florence Land Company that sold all that land to the town settlers. He was part of the Florence Bridge Company that lasted for the year when he went out and advocated. And a super fascinating guy with a big, big history. 
you know, Parker himself ended up dying in Florence, uh, as it were, even though he took up international travel like his son after him. He really felt an allegiance to Florence. When the mansion was gone uh, and when Parker had been long dead, Florence kind of forgot about him and the things that he had really left behind. But it's important to note that even today, you can go and see a couple of pieces of the legacy of Jim Parker. When you look at things like uh, the site of the Parker Mansion, it's at 32nd and Vain, or the Bank of Florence itself that still stands today. Parker and his family, they lived on the second floor. And you can actually go up there today, what they call the Florence Museum, is a replication of Jim Parker's house uh, when he lived in that spot with his young family. Uh, you can go and look at Miller Park, and that was the Parker Tract or the Minnelusa Historic District that he owned as his farm. Even uh, a couple of the additions that are up there, Florence Field and the Norwood addition along Florence Boulevard, the Parkwood addition along Florence Boulevard, those are evidence of Parker's legacy. But maybe the biggest one is the Florence Bridge, also called the Mormon Bridge, of course. And Parker was really ultimately responsible for getting that interstate traffic to come into the little town that he helped found way back in the 1850s. And that's a little introduction to the history of Jim Parker and his legacy, life, and times in Florence, which is part of Omaha today. Thanks for listening to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Join us next week as Adam takes you on another guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past. <laughs>